Can I bid you all a very warm welcome to our service this morning? Thank you for coming. Great to see you here. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Welcome to parents whose children are upstairs in VRBK. And welcome to Julia and to Ruth, who've come to us from Sat 7 and will be sharing with us later in our service. We gather in God's presence, the Lord who welcomes us all, wherever we've come from, whatever nationality we are, however we're feeling this morning, you are welcome here amongst God's people. Our call to worship is taken from the beginning of Psalm 113. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised both now and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. And in this particular part of the globe, at this particular time, let's join in with the worldwide constant praise of God as we stand and sing from all that dwell below the sky.
Lord, you are exalted over all the nations. Your glory is above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, the one enthroned on high? You stoop down to look on the heavens and the earth. You raise the poor from the dust and lift the needy from the ashes. And once we were dead because of our sins. We were ruled by the selfish desires of our bodies and our minds. But you, Lord, are merciful. And you love us so much that you raised us up from death to life with Christ. And you've given us a place beside Christ in heaven. Lord, your goodness and kindness to us know no limits. And we worship you Saviour and our Redeemer today and for eternity. Amen. My future hangs on this.
the Lord who died for you at the cross is your shepherd. He restores your soul. He washes you clean and anoints you with the oil of forgiveness. Think back to a time when you cut yourself badly. I can think of a few times. Someone has bathed the cut, might have stung a bit, cleansed it, eased the pain, repaired the damage, plaster, stay stitch, bandage, whatever, maybe a cup of tea, whatever. That act of healing, remember it. The things we say and do, the things that other people say and do, could be like cuts on the surface of our soul. In a moment of quiet, ask the Lord to cleanse you, to heal you, to mend you, to comfort you. Ease the pain. Sort you out. And where perhaps that should have happened a long time ago and an infection has set in which is poisoning the system, is asking to treat that as well with the antibiotic of the Holy Spirit. set you free and make you well. The Lord who died for you on the cross is your shepherd. He restores your soul. He washes you clean and anoints you with the oil of forgiveness. Let him do that. Jesus, thank you for your loving sacrifice for us. Thank you for washing us clean. For putting purpose, light and colour into our dark, empty lives. Thank you for your perseverance with us, that you don't give up on us. Thank you for your never-ending provision of wisdom and strength and grace and mercy and love and healing help guide us through all life's circumstances, that lift us up and get us on our feet again. Lord Jesus, for being the good shepherd, we thank and praise you for that. reading from Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 to 17. After this I looked, 
and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people and language standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honour and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, these in white robes, who are they? And where did they come from? I answered, sir, you know. And he said, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They've washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple and he who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. Again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat on them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the centre of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear. That vision of people from every tribe, tongue and nation is worldwide, but it includes us. Let's stand and sing for the praise of the Redeemer who makes that possible. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, my great Redeemer's praise.
share with us the work of Sat7, and then we're going to pray for you. But can I pray for you now? <laughs> Lord, thank you that Sat7 does proclaim the honours of your name throughout the earth. Thank you for Julia's part in that. She shared with us the work that you are doing in and through uh, satellite TV. We pray that you would open our hearts and our minds, and may your spirit rest upon her and upon Louis of Sinful Faith. In Jesus' name. Amen. Julia, you are very welcome. Bless you. Feel Julie okay? Um, I have a uh, few slides up here. Oh, I've already done it wrong. I knew I'd do it wrong straight away. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm Julia Jolly. I have the immense privilege of um, working for Sat7, the satellite um, Christian media network which claims God's love across the Middle East and North Africa. And I'm here with my colleague Ruth. Who will come up in a minute and, and talk to us as well. But just because, though well, we are very grateful that Brighton Road Baptist Church um, partners with Fat Seven, I'm always aware there's always a few people who might be here who haven't heard of Fat Seven at all and, and don't know anything about us. So I'll just explain a little bit. Um, yeah, I'm in charge of church relationships and partnerships, and um, yeah, I do find it a, an immense privilege to be part of this ministry, which is sharing God's love and making disciples of people across the Middle East and North Africa. Um, I love every chance I get to hear the stories and messages from people who watch Sat7's television programs and have been transformed by God's love through Sat7's ministry. And um, through the course of this morning, I'll share some of those stories. Um, just to explain, Sat7 has been sharing God's love for 25 years, um, impacting the Middle East and North Africa positively for Jesus. Through powerful faith-filled television programs and digital media, I should move on to the next slide, Jonathan, thank you. Um, we're bringing joy to millions of people. Our programs are made by and for local believers, bringing much-needed comfort and encouragement straight into the heart of the family home. Sat7 is not a Western ministry. Most of the programs are made yeah, by Middle Easterners, for Middle Easterners, at our five studios in Cairo, Beirut, Istanbul, Cyprus, and we have a Persian language studio in London. We cannot, obviously, broadcast from Tehran, sadly, not at the moment. Um, but there's a little map showing all the countries that we broadcast to, although programs can be viewed over a much wider area because satellites are, are beamed out. They're not defined by borders at all. And um, yeah, so those are, I think, the main 25 countries of the, of the Middle East. We broadcast 365 days a year on four channels. Um, and I think that's the next slide, I can't remember that. And we now have a streaming service, so just like Netflix or BBC iPlayer, Sat7's programs are available digitally, which means people can watch them anywhere in the world, online, um, as well as in the Middle East and North Africa. Um, so next, I'd like Ruth to come up, because Ruth is um, a colleague who works for the Persian language television channel and is going to share with us a little bit about himself and, and what he does. Um, try and that, I'll just leave that one up while we talk. That's one of the many messages that we get sent in to Sat7 by viewers. Um, and we'll leave it to the others. Yeah, Ruth, I'll let you speak. Good morning. Uh, it's a real pleasure to be with you this morning. Um, and I'm going to start by maybe tell you a little bit about my background and then give you a brief testimony about how I came to be a Christian. Uh, my background is 
unusual to people of my era in Iran. Uh, I was born in Iran. I grew up an atheist at a time when over 90% of the Iranian population would have identified as Shia Muslim. I came to the UK just before my 13th birthday. Uh, and in my teens, uh, my belief system was essentially that through the right government, through the right uh, education, through the right social policies, you'd be able to create the ideal man. You'd be able to create the ideal society. And um, I think by, by my late teens, I was beginning to have some doubts. Um, and around the same time, one of my teachers at school gave me a copy of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And all she told me was that the book is allegorical and that Aslan it stands for Jesus, basically. So that's all I knew. I read the book, um, and I was moved incredibly by Aslan, giving his life for essentially a traitor. And when I, and I remember I put the book down, and I felt it was too good to be true, because um, I always had an aversion to God, but what the book did was it melted that aversion away. Um, and my attitude completely changed. So I was at least... In terms of Christians, I was able to have a conversation with Christians, and I was able to hear them out and actually think about what they said. Uh, a few years later, I made some Christian friends, and in 1985, I kind of became a Christian. I say kind of because um, I, it was very much the beginning of the journey. I carried a lot of my previous assumptions and beliefs into my Christianity, which kind of sat with veneer over the top. Um, and the old atheist in me was still hanging about. Um, so, uh, and, and I wasn't fully submitted to God's will. I wasn't sure how much of the Bible I could trust. Um, so my faith was up and down. Um, I've watched each new documentary that came out about how the grave of Jesus was found, or how King David didn't exist, or how King Solomon's account in the Bible can't possibly be true because we haven't found any stables that would accommodate all the thousands of horses and chariots that he had. By the way, they were all wrong. They've all turned up. Um, uh, PhDs were all retired and documentaries were made. Um, anyway, so it all came to a point for me in 2012 uh, when I felt that I had to come off the fence. Either the story of Jesus is just a beautiful story but not true, in which case it was obviously no good to anyone and I would walk away and leave it all behind me. Uh, or, he is who he said he was, and if so, I would have no option but to take his word as his word and believe in it. So, for reasons, I mean, there are many reasons I can't go into because of time, but I decided that Jesus is who he said he was. And as a result, my other decision was to seek to understand the Bible with God's guidance, without allowing my own agendas or those of the world to get in the way. So I decided to trust God completely. And that really was transformative in terms of my life, my faith, my commitment, and uh, the beginning of inner change in me. So that was 2012. In 2015, we started to have an influx of uh, Iranian asylum seekers at the church we attended. And uh, since then, I've been involved in helping to lead uh, the Persian Speaking Fellowship there. Uh, in 2017, I felt moved to write some Christian worship songs, which my wife and I had since recorded. 
Um, so that's kind of a brief background and testimony. Um, in 2018, I started to work for South Southern Parts as writer and translator. Uh, as you've mentioned and as you know, South Southern Parts broadcasts Christian programs into the Persian-speaking countries in the Middle East. So that's Iran, Afghanistan, Tajikistan. Um, Afghanistan at the moment is very flooded. But it is widely known that Iran has the fastest growing church in the world. Iranian pastors have claimed numbers from a few hundred thousand up to four million. But the evidence for this has always been anecdotal until two years ago. A massive piece of research was carried out by a secular Iranian organization based in Holland um, among over 40,000 Iranians, more than 90% of whom live outside of Iran. And their results are absolutely stunning. 20% said they were atheists. Bear in mind that the penetration of social media into Iran is massive. I think it's over 70%. I don't know whether you remember that figure. But it is huge. People in the countryside go on Instagram, you know, which it ne never used to happen 30, 40 years ago, obviously. 20% um, atheist. Only 32.5% identified as Shia Muslim. Whereas 43 years ago, it would have been over 90%. 1.5% say they're Christian, corresponding to around a million Christians in the population. And I think there's good reason to believe it's actually over that, over, over a million. So the question is, who are these Christians? What is their situation? <coughs> Mostly are new believers from Muslim backgrounds. Across the age range, even in their 60s, which I think is really indicative of something major happening in Iran. They have no access to churches on the ground. Many have limited biblical understanding and are susceptible to bad teachings online. Um, they struggle with the same issues that all Iranians face, the awful economic situation, the prevalence of drug addiction, high suicide rates, unemployment, um, relationship problems, family breakdowns, so many things uh, that you just wouldn't, you couldn't imagine unless you were you know, there in person. In addition, they're subject to a threat of persecution every day. They may be isolated from their families, rejected by them for their faith in Christ. In Afghanistan, that isolation is complete because of, you know, they, they, don't, they can't even tell members of their family because of the fear of what might be done to them. So these are the reasons uh, why they need support from us, their brothers and sisters in the body of Christ uh, around the world. South Southern Pass is working to provide support in a number of ways. So there are Bible teaching programs to enable believers to be centered in God's word, which is so important. Special pre-recorded series on particular themes from the Bible to help deepen understanding of believers. Content that address things like addiction, revenge, child marriage, um, so many other things uh, like temporary marriages programs on Christian worship. You have to bear in mind that sun worship is a Judeo-Christian thing. It is really outside of the experience of people in uh, non-culturally Christian uh, nations. Much of the content speaks directly to the challenges Iranians face and brings the light of Christ to bear on cultural norms. I'll give you one example. One cultural assumption particularly, I mean it's everywhere, but in the Middle East particularly is Hate your enemy and destroy him when you have the opportunity. Um, make, make friends, make, look like a friend, 
if it suits, but be ready to take advantage of opportunities when they come. But the teaching of Jesus is love your enemies and do good to those that could harm you and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And these life-giving teachings of Christ would have influenced Britain and Europe for nearly 2,000 years are now being broadcast directly into the homes and smartphones of Ferguson. And it is delivering results. And that includes kids. There are children's programs, um, Gold Pan for Younger Kids, Hashtag for Teens. And a recent development, there is something called Church for Kids, which is not a broadcast program, but it is essentially a get-together via Instagram for kids. Bible study and fellowship. And some of the messages we are sending is really amazing, showing some maturity in their understanding and uh, their, their faith. The programs generate a lot of contact between viewers and uh, the South Southern Park audience relations team. The people who connect with us in large numbers are all at different points in their journey. What they have in common is that they are attracted by the love, compassion, and mercy of Christ that they sense in the presenters on the programs and in the content uh, on the channel. So as well as fielding uh, messages and connecting followers to programs, the team answers theological questions, provides one-to-one -one teaching, and uh, also there are two members of the team who are trained to provide counseling for people who are really struggling. Some call to ask for prayer, hoping that we can make the problems go away. But let me tell you, we can't make the problems go away, but we can advise them, we can pray for them. That, too, is a witness because they're not used to being told the truth. So they want to know more. And this alone leads to between three and five people coming to faith in Christ just in conversation. That's every month, just in conversation with members of the team. Though many are hurting and facing personal or family crises of all kinds, they go on to have counseling with the audience relations staff. And this is delivering impact in the lives of people. And it doesn't stay with one person. The impact spreads out. There's a story of this girl, young girl who's been watching the kids' programs and has been in contact with staff. And um, she said to her mom one day, I want to become a Christian. And her mom's response was incredible. She said, I've seen how they've helped you. I will become a Christian with you. Um, so, I, I see messages from viewers and I'm really moved because I can see people's pain and struggles. And in the midst of that, how God is bringing new life and hope for the future of Iran and for the future of the Middle East. Um, one woman who's had a lot of support from the counselors in audience relations uh, wrote this message saying, God has worked in me over the year or so that I've been in touch with you. He has completely changed me and taken away my anxiety and weakness. My husband is amazed by the changes he sees in me. Before, when I was stressed, I couldn't express myself and I used to start crying. Now I speak with confidence, and I even encourage my husband to treat the people around him with patience and gentleness. I sense that during the period I was speaking with you, the Lord was preparing me for the work that he has for me. He was preparing the soil and removing the weeds. He has now begun to produce the fruit. Another woman wrote, uh, saying, I have been a believer for two months. I used to have a sad and difficult life. It was through hearing a particular pastor that I... Uh, came to faith. Um, uh, yeah, sorry, it was through uh, 
Pastor Hamid, but my two daughters and I came to faith. When my brother was executed in Iran uh, 11 months ago, it was like I died with him. But since I've come to faith in Christ, my heart is filled with light. I thank the Lord for his blessings to me. As you know, changing your faith here in Iran is very hard, but it is my honor to say that I'm a Christian. And that is the salt and light that Jesus speaks about, the preserving and influencing power of the Lord through his transforming presence. Um, so the monthly past prayer calendar, which I produce, has a lot of testimonies like this, as well as prayer requests and pieces that give insights into Iran and its culture. So if anyone is interested in seeing it, then please speak to me afterwards. I'll make sure it comes to you. And whenever you've had enough, you can say, stop. <laughs> um, so the problems Iranians face are many and huge. They're not going to go away. They're probably going to get worse over the next few years. But our God is infinitely bigger. Um, and he is bringing amazing blessings to the very challenges that the Iranians are facing. To be honest, if it wasn't for these problems, Iranians would have been far too comfortable to uh, wake up and to look to God, to look to Christ for their salvation and hope. But in his mercy, God is calling them, and they're listening in ever-increasing numbers. So it may not look like it at, at the moment, but the future is amazingly bright in Christ, not just for Iran, but for the entire world. Um, is it time for one testimony to finish with? Or should I stop? It's a quick one. Okay, so I'll, 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 finish, I'll finish with this. So uh, one woman wrote this. Um, it's full of hope, so I want to read it to you. Whenever I feel alone and heartbroken, I go to my Heavenly Father with a song that he'd sent for me, and I'm filled with the love of God, and I find myself in his embrace. I'm filled with his strength and peace, and I find joy in him, in which I can understand all things wonderfully. Those who do not receive him call us mad. They are surprised by the peace we have despite all that is going on in the world. How sad that they can't see it. I hope the day will come when his power and glory will be seen by all and the whole world shall be a garden. Praises for uh, the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, we come to that part of our morning worship where we bring our requests to God and ask him to do something about them. So, let's do that right now, and it won't be a surprise, I'm sure, that we focus our prayers this morning on Sat 7. So, let's pray. Loving Father, we want to thank you for Sat 7, as we bring a message of love and healing to a hurting world, particularly to the Middle East and the North Africa. It's a troubled area, Lord with many voices raised in anger. So give wisdom to the TV program producers and the Christian voice that they present, that that voice of calm and of love will be clearly heard and lead many to give their lives to you. We ask that you will continue to guide those who are producing this huge variety of programs. And we think of one in particular, the Academy series. Programs to young people who, for a variety of reasons, are being deprived of the normal school education. 
helping them to get a, an academic foundation for their lives. And also a foundation for life as they hear of you. We remember too, Father, those who work in studios around the world. And we think particularly of the one in London that we visited recently as they broadcast their message in the local language of the Middle East. Please continue to give them all the inspiration and technical ability that they need to fulfill your work. And we want to thank you too, Father, that you have guided Saxon over all those past years. And in particular, that you have guided Sat7 to create this multimedia presentation of your gospel as it reaches out to young people who spend so much time on their phones and social media. Give wisdom to those who write the contents of the Facebook pages, for instance, Lord and those who reply to viewers' questions, that you will give them the right words to say, so that just how much you love people will be clearly understood by those viewers, and that you love them as individuals. We want to thank you too for the 16 million plus viewers who contacted Set 7 in just one year recently. May that contact be the start of a lifelong relationship with you, we ask. And finally, Father, we pray that our contact with Set 7 will be an encouragement to them. And also, that it will encourage us as a church in our broadcasting and social media outreach, that your kingdom may be extended as we broadcast. And so, Father God, we ask that your work will be done, your spirit will go out, and lives will be transformed, because we ask it in the name of our Saviour Jesus.
darkness of spiritual delight. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shone. You have multiplied the nations and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of the harvest. شادی کنیم با وشت و آبا با سرودی ساخت سرایی او پادشاه دهشانها سلطنت او بی پایان سرچشمه Altanate will be for your 
particularly amazing theologian or even a great public speaker, to be honest, but I, I am passionate about world mission. I am passionate about sharing God's love with other people, um, both our neighbours and across the world. This is what we are called to do, and um, yeah, I'm delighted to be able to come and, and speak to you today. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit... Oh, I'm forgetting it. Um, this is my board of neighbours. Yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit about... Joseph and how his story was to that seven story and hopefully encourage you um, in trusting that through you God can do great things um, and he's probably already doing great things through through you. So um, the story of Joseph is in Genesis 39 to 50 um, and if you haven't read it recently I would encourage you to reread it. I don't have time to read it now obviously but um, yeah, it's an amazing story, and every time I read it, I, something new pops out and, and really speaks to my heart. And the verses that I was just praying about to share are these, that um, God sent me to, to accomplish what is being, what's now being done, the saving of many lives. Facing famine in the land, for the next five years there'll be no famine, wheat and gold. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a great remnant, to save your life by a great deliverance. Um, and then further on, what God's brothers intended for harm, God intended it for good to accomplish what is being done now, the saving of many lives. So when I was praying about what to share, I kept on thinking about how God used Joseph to bless a whole nation, one person, saving many with God's. With God's help. Um, there are two aspects of the story that really popped out to me. And one is the huge emotion that overwhelms Joseph when his brothers come to him seeking food in the famine. Joseph knew what it was like to be lonely. He knew what it's like to be isolated, isolated from his faith and isolated from those who loved him. From being a favoured son, he was in a sense away from his family for years, a Hebrew foreigner in Egypt. He was a slave, falsely imprisoned. And I think it's revealing that even when he was second in command over Egypt, there's a verse where they said that they served the brothers' food by themselves, Joseph by himself, and the Egyptians separately because it was detestable for the Egyptians to eat with the Hebrews. I thought, how much did that, that attitude actually color his whole time in, in Egypt, even when he was you know, in charge of the nation, really? Um, we know that from so many verses and stories in the Bible, our God is compassionate on the lonely and the isolated. One of the things I love in the story is the great compassion of God and that he didn't just use Joseph to bless a whole nation and people. He also reunited him with his family and brought joy back into Joseph and Jacob's lives. Um, the other main point is that Joseph, um, God gave Joseph great favor 
and through him he blessed and saved not only um, the Egyptians during the famine, but also all the Hebrew people. And I see a parallel in this, not only um, in Jack Gavin's story, but in the impact that we can have on people's lives, multiplying God's blessing by serving him faithfully. In fact, Evan was set up in adversity when the founder, Terry Ascot, was working in Christian print media in Egypt, and he was ironically thrown out of Egypt, just a bit for Joseph, for standing up for persecuted Christians there. But through his time in exile in Cyprus, um, he was able to realize the dream of turning, um, of creating Arabic Christian TV, because in the, the Middle East, most people consume their, their news, their information, their entertainment through TV much more than through reading, um, or even papers or magazines or books, and much more sort of visual uh, orientated. And, um, and that's how Tat Family started, through that difficult time for Terry Ascot. And with God's favor and blessing, it grew and God expanded the ministry far, far beyond what Terry Ascot could have possibly envisioned at that time, to bless millions of people. 25 years across the Middle East and North Africa, from the bustling big cities to the far-flung isolated corners of the Middle East, um, places like Iran and Afghanistan where we've heard about where it's so hard for um, people to hear the good news of Jesus, where churches are banned, where um, it's illegal to have Bibles or to, to share God's love in person. Um, and in these 25 years that Tax Heaven has existed, the church has been under a huge amount of pressure a region in turmoil, really, with conflict, poverty, and persecution. Some civil war in, in Syria and the refugee crisis there have dominated our news broadcast for years. And Yemen, Iraq, and Libya have also been devastated by conflict. There are 15 million children who are unable to go to school and get an education. And youth employment is um, over 25%. And COVID-19 only added on top of all the crises that have been going on in that region. And through this time, through this time that Tax 7 has been broadcasting, Christians have been under increasing pressure as well. At, uh, I think about 100 years ago, over 10% of the Middle East were Christians. So that's gone down to 3.5% now. Got another table there for you. Um, it's been incredibly difficult for Christians to remain there. Many leave the region, many flee, many are forced into um, converting or um, persecuted. And Middle Eastern Christians need support. They face severe restrictions and outright persecution um, from their communities and governments and sometimes from their families. Um, it can seem very hard to see where God is in all of this, but in the same way that God was with Joseph through his difficult times, his challenges in Egypt, um, God is there at work. And in this region, through this increasing time, we've seen the church growing. We've heard from Rue about how Despite the incredible persecution in Iran, the church has been growing and growing um, in that country. Now, our vision is to see a growing church in the Middle East and North Africa, confident in Christian faith and witness, serving the community and contributing to the good of society and culture. Um, SAT7's programs are holistic and seek to meet all the needs of the people watching them to benefit the whole of society in every way. Um, SAT7 um, satellite TV's unique in its ability to reach people in their homes. It has for decades been the most popular way that people have been viewing it. So uh, examples of our programs for all types of people, um, and entertaining, not just teaching, but sometimes it's often through entertainment that people learn the most. <laughs> so 
Um, and yeah, like I said, it's the most ubiquitous way that people watch TV. That's just one scene of all the satellite dishes that people have all over their houses. And now as digital media is just is growing, the satellite TV is still very much seen as the predominant way that people watch TV. And it's the younger people who are more and more doing the online screen and watching our TV programme. So, um, share another little story. Just an example of how through making these programmes, through someone watching, more people need less. So Sarah was a viewer in, in Syria. She was only 10 years old when the civil war broke out in 2011. Her family felt that God wanted them to remain in Damascus despite the dangers. And SAT7's dedicated children's channel, SAT7 Kids, helped her through a very frightening time. Sarah said it was the only channel she watched that helped her to feel at peace even as the war raged around her, waged around her. She said, I still remember the songs I heard on SAT7, songs and programs of hope, joy and love, which were so helpful to keep my feelings and my mind in a safe place. I've kept them with me as I've grown up. Sarah's now 21 and her faith and Christian values are strong. She works in the Centre for Displaced and Orphan Children in Damascus and uses SAT7's TV programs in her teaching with the children. And she said, everything I do, I learned from SAT7 kids. Um, like her, the children she worked with have grown up in a war zone. Sarah said, these kids come from a place where there's no peace or joy. They're full of fear, of trouble and trauma. So through the cartoons and songs on SAT7, we talk about it. We try to express that when they pray, God hears God hears us and we feel peace. And Sarah's noticed a huge difference in the children's demeanour compared to when they arrived at the centre. She said, there's something that's changing in their hearts. They came to the centre fearing God and thinking that he will punish them. But they're changing in the way they speak about him. And they're filled with joy. The parents notice this change and ask us what we're teaching their children because they want to learn it too. And it's wonderful to hear the lasting impact that Sat 7's programmes are having, not just in Sarah's life, but in the lives of children and families at the refugee centre where she works. So, yeah, so going back to Iran and Afghanistan, there is, well, there is really a spiritual famine going on in these countries where, as we were saying, people have been disillusioned with um, Islam and, and, the, and the structures and the authorities, and though many are um, becoming atheists, there are a great many who are searching for Christ and who are um, watching Sat 7's programmes for their discipleship, their spiritual nourishment. And it's wonderful to hear their stories as they um, yeah, experience God's joy and peace and love in their hearts. So I have I think I've got another question in here. So that's a you know, most of the programmes going into Iran are in some way or another discipling people to give them that strong basis of faith. So this said, God used you to save us, this spiritually fed by your teachings. Wherever I go, I tell people about all that I've learned from your program. People warn me not to, but how can I keep quiet? I was dead, but now I'm alive. And then we've got another viewer. Afghanistan, when the Taliban took over Afghanistan, Sat7 broadcast a whole series of special programs praying for and calling all the people in the Middle East to pray for Afghanistan and for the believers there. And um, continue to be in contact with viewers in Afghanistan when, when they're able to, when they're in um, safety, although many believers are still in hiding in Afghanistan. This lady said, my husband was telling me about Jesus and I was very stressed and worried about it. But looking through his life, I noticed that he'd changed because of Christ's teachings. His behaviour at home with his family, his spoken word, and just his overall conduct had become much more positive. All I know is that I love Jesus Christ very much and I believe in him. 
the viewer support teams are reaching huge numbers of people at the moment. Last year, 84,000 convocations were outfitted by viewer support teams that we worked with. Um, there's 16 million engagements with our Facebook posts. Um, So, um, yeah, we do just thank the Lord so much for providing these opportunities to witness his love to people, many of whom would never meet a Christian in their day-to-day -day lives. And God does really transform lives. We know that. We hear that in the testimonies. I know that from my own life. Um, you know, it's because of somebody witnessing to me that I know has love and peace and joy in my heart. And I'm so grateful to God for that. I'm very grateful to be able to work in ministry that is sharing God's love with other people. Um, otherwise, you know, wouldn't wouldn't be able to know the Lord and wouldn't be able to be discipled because of where they are. It's very easy for us to, to walk into a church or to get Christian resources if we want, but it's very, very different in many parts of the Middle East and especially in Iran and Afghanistan. Um, so, yeah, so God can use us all to do great things, not Joseph and not just um, Terry Ashcroft in setting up Fat Seven all those years ago. Um, many of the things that we do, the little ways that we can um, witness to our neighbours, we never know the effect that that will have. And even um, you know, through supporting financially Fat Seven, we're very grateful to Barton Road Baptist Church for your partnership with Fat Seven to support. I know some of you individually support Fat Seven as well. And um, by supporting and praying for this ministry. God is transforming lives. The testimonies that we're hearing, they're all thanks to your support and your prayers. That's Evans entire ministry, all the channels, all the programs, all the viewer support people, they all exist because, yes, God granted favor and opened doors and getting satellite licenses and, and that type of thing. But it's because people like you give regularly, pray regularly, that funds the salaries, the license fees, the technical equipment, the broadcasting. It's all because people's support for Fat7 and, and same for the other you know, ministries that are working in, in the Middle East and North Africa too. So if you would like to get involved more, if you would like to, the best way is to become a joy bringer. Thank you for putting those about that, which gives our name for regular giving regularly to Fat7. Um, you also, I think there's some cards out. If you sign up, you get a testimony booklet to encourage you from each of the testimonies that Fat7 has uh, received in a sort of 40 days of prayer series to pray for different um, aspects of the ministry and for um, issues that people have in the Middle East. So just very grateful for, for that. And finally, I have just to close with a few more testimonies that I just thought we could just quietly pray for. We've got time. I've lost track now of my time. I think we're all right. I think we're all right anyway. And everyone's shouting at me. Um, <laughs> So these are just a few testimonies. Um, the first one is a man called Masal. I've just put up a snippet on there. Um, they're a bit longer. He said, I'm over 50 years old and I have two children. My wife left me when, I, when my youngest child was three days old and I've raised the children on my own. A while ago I went bankrupt and as a result of my diabetes I've had to have three of my toes amputated. One of my friends is a viewer of Fat Seven Cards. He's been speaking to me about Jesus Christ. And I've always had especially high regard for him. And the viewer supports him and says, We spoke to him about the work of Jesus on the cross for our salvation. Merzad was listening carefully. He repented of his sins and he was so happy to commit his life to Jesus. This was on the day before Good Friday when Merzad realized this. He was so joyful he wept. 
He spoke to him about committing himself to God's hands and trusting him for all things. We also spoke about healing that can be asked, and Murtha said that he was very keen to walk in the way of the Lord. And then uh, the next one is Ayana and her fiancé, Kambij, who got in touch to speak about Christian marriage. Although they're Iranian, Ayana and her fiancé is a barrister living in Istanbul, so many Iranian refugees in, in Turkey, and wanted to be married according to the Christian faith. We asked why they were looking at having a Christian ceremony. And as we spoke, it became clear that they loved Jesus. They hadn't realized that it's possible to be a Christian and have a relationship with God, even though they hadn't yet found a church. They were open-minded and delighted to repent and commit their lives to the Lord. They were enthusiastic to receive the Christian teaching and connect with the body of Christ. We're going to watch the programs on the channel, and we've provided a link to our um, Telegram, like WhatsApp channel, so that they can use the uploaded resources. And the last one is Serene, who's a new believer. But I've been watching Sat Seven Paz for about six months because one of my friends told me about the Christian faith in Sat Seven Paz. The more I watched your programs and researched, the more I reached the conclusion that Christianity means peace and reconciliation and kindness. For this reason, I've decided to become a Christian. As you know, in Iran, there's no opportunity for us to have fellowship. It's true I've given my heart to Christ, but I really don't know what I must do now. I cannot believe it's so easy but to become a Christian by simply saying a prayer. I need teaching, and now I'm a Christian. How should I go about being in touch with the Lord? I'm grateful to you for contacting me and helping me to say the prayer of salvation. And the audience relation person said, we explained that, we, that he had been born again like a newborn, and he needed to have teaching and to come to know the Lord. And to that end, he'd need a person to study the Bible, and we would be there alongside him to help if needed. We sent him a Bible and a few booklets to help him begin the journey. We pray that the Lord will guide him by his Holy Spirit, and use us to help him in receiving the right teaching. So I just thought it would be good to just bow our heads in prayer for a few minutes and just pray for all that we've had many stories and testimonies of different people. Just pray for them for a minute and then we'll uh, thank you. Uh, uh, we have run out of time, sorry. We're welcome to pray for those people anytime. <laughs>
as we go into your world, may we know your presence with us. Enable us to trust in your promises, to walk in your ways, to find the springs of the water of life, and to share that with others, that here and now, tears might be wiped from every eye in every nation. In Jesus' name. Amen. Go with God.